the things he's lying is also known as a cluster always talking about what he wants and just sits on his broke ass so no i don't want your number no i don't want to give you mad and no i don't want to meet you nowhere no i don't want none of your time and no i don't want no scrub a scrub is a guy that can't get no love from me Hanging up the passenger side of his best friend's ride Trying to holler at me I don't want no scrub A scrub is a guy that can't get no love from me Hanging up the passenger side of his best friend's ride Trying to holler at me scrub tricking me but his game is kind of Good evening, Jennifer Good evening, Ed Good evening, Josh. Welcome to the Gleeful Podcast with Josh and Ed. You can find us online at gleefulpodcast.com. On Twitter at Gleeful Podcast. I'm at Josh Burnell. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. Jennifer. Joshua. How are you tonight? I'm doing I'm doing good, thanks. Good. And Do Edward, how are things in uh, in the in the mid are we talking Middle East? Midwest? Where are we putting you, Ed? <laughs> <laughs> Did we lose Ed? Nigga's gone. <laughs> that was weird. We were talking to him 30 seconds ago. Well, we'll see if we can get Ed back. <laughs> I think I heard someone say something on his end. So, Jennifer. So, Joshua. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> I'm doing okay. And how are you doing, Josh? I'm good. Uh, we opened up with no scrubs there. We are back to discuss the latest episode of Glee entitled Sadie Hawkins. And uh, that includes the Sadie Hawkins dance. Jennifer, did you go to the Sadie Hawkins dance? Did you have a Sadie Hawkins dance? We did not have a Sadie Hawkins dance. No. No. We had something. Sorry. It yeah, was we're back, really boring. Ours was called like the reverse ball or something like that. And so girls asked guys, but no one did. It was not nearly as empowering as it was portrayed in this particular episode. Yeah. I mean, the, the closest thing I ever came to anything like that was, you know, Years ago, at the roller rink, ladies' choice. That was ladies it. Cho- <laughs> ladies' choice, backward skate. Yeah. Bring it around, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that was about <laughs> it. This is a little, this is a little song going out to all the lovers in the room. This is uh, it's called "Take My Breath Away" by Berlin. <laughs> wow. Okay. Backward skate, ladies and gentlemen. Ed, are you back? Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. That's oh, all right. Sorry. Did you did you have a uh, Sadie Hawkins dance to attend? Uh, no, that, 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 like, I, what did they say in the show? It was like, um, you see on all teenage dramas inevitably, but never, but never actually happens or something like that. Yeah. Cause it's true. You see it on TV shows, but I never, like, like, I don't know of it happening for real. Yeah. I don't remember it in any of the other regional schools too. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I mean, a girl could have always asked a guy, hypothetically. I mean, I, I think that's what happened most of the time, at least in my high school. I don't know. I asked a guy <laughs> to senior prom, and he said no. Bastard. Well, I mean, he was already going with somebody else. Who is this so, guy? I'm not naming names. Am I still too far? <laughs> You're still too far. I don't know what it is. Okay. Like, afraid of the microphone tonight. Am, am, I, am I too... Am I... Am I <laughs> no, you're good. Problem. You're good over there. No, you sound good, Ed. Uh, yeah, Sadie Hawkins stands. It's funny that they did it snowball... Because um, now that as we're discussing this, I do remember getting invited to one Sadie Hawkins dance and they had like hay bales there because apparently it's like a Southern thing. I don't know who Sadie Hawkins is. Apparently she's a bit of a hoe who asks boys to dances. But um, She's a strong, independent woman, I think. <laughs> we're going to find out she's like what, a, a saint or something and I'm going to feel bad about that joke. <laughs> 
<laughs> Jennifer's <coughs> Jennifer's back from the dead oh. after last week. Sorry. Oh yeah, flu kicked my butt. You you Holy pretty crap. much I I mean, um I mean I'm intimate with our couch. Um <laughs> I've spent a lot of time with the couch. The couch and I are pals. Um it's told me about its life. Uh but you seriously I I don't think I don't think you saw a room other than the couch or the bed for yeah. like six days. It was rough. I mean, honestly, I can't remember the last time I've just been that knocked out. I mean, oh yeah, run down before, but you know, hundred and one, hundred and three fever for four days, and just I my my vision was even blurry after a while. So <laughs> wow. So yeah, but that Tamiflu stuff. <laughs> give a big strong endorsement for that and apparently when jennifer gets sick it's uh called buffy marathon <laughs> um so which trust me that just in, it's it creates the weirdest dreams a fever and gorging yourself on buffy especially <laughs> season five and six which are kind of dark and really depressing Terrible dreams, terrible nightmares. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and Ed, uh, how are things back east? What's up with you? Um, still on the hunt for uh, jobs right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's like the main focus of my life. Mm. It's it's like maddeningly frustrating, but yeah, sorry. It's no, it's it's okay. I mean, I'm I'm getting interviews, so it's things are going like things are going well. I'm just waiting for the yes to connect. Like that's awesome. So, well, yeah. gotta gotta keep your head up. Oh. Well, good luck, good luck. Well, why, they, why hasn't Glee done that song? <laughs> keep your head up. Uh, well, this is a uh, uh, and you know nothing exciting for Josh. I'm writing a action movie for a professional wrestler uh and, and he made me homemade chicken noodle soup chicken noodle soup i did make homemade chicken you, you know you know what i make i make really bomb good. chili vegetarian chili i make bomb vegetarian chili. <laughs> with well, sweet potatoes go. it's delish you should come over sometime i'm gonna want you to email me that recipe yeah <laughs> that sounds really good well, we have an, an episode this week entitled Sadie Hawkins, and we will dive right into the episode. This one is, uh, uh, Ed, are you shaking your microphone over there? I think. Oh, I'm- sorry. Sorry, I was moving. I'll good. stop moving. No more uh, moving. This one's directed by Bradley Buecher and Ross Maxwell. I looked that up because I really liked this one. It had weird inconsistencies and silliness. But Cough. Season four is the new season one. It was what? a season one episode. This had a bit of that joy it had a bit of that like you know caution to the wind joy and um you know and and i had my problems with it as i had with any other episode but all in all top to bottom i just thought this was a fun one this one was just a kick to watch i liked 80 percent of the songs um all of the dance well no 80 percent of the dance numbers (laughs) um but it was just fun there was just a certain joy in this yeah. particular episode that I enjoyed a lot. So I was happy that it was back. I was glad Gee Gee. I'm glad Gee came with a bang. And uh and I had uh you know, this was a fun one for me. Jennifer, what'd you think of Sadie Hawkins? Yeah, I agree. I thought I thought it was a lot of fun. I love the pacing of it. I love the energy of it. I like that even though there there was so much going on, it was happening so quickly, it didn't give me enough time to focus on all the, you know, plot inconsistencies and character inconsistencies that would normally drive me crazy. It was just <laughs> sort of went like, Oh, okay, just go with it. All right, that's fine. And it was a lot of fun. I thought it was and I 
yeah. I, you know, we got some, you know, we actually got a full performance from Tina, which was really amazing, too. There was cut all over. But yeah, yeah you know, yeah, it was a good one. She, a yeah. Good one. So I, I agree. It was a lot of fun. And Ed, Sadie Hawkins. I thought it was amazing. I, I read some emails that came into Gleeful podcast at gmail.com that people were like they came back with this episode it was not like it was like a lukewarm when it should have been a bang i'm like no i thought it was i thought it was a bang like the care like i learned things about characters that characters that have been around for for forever and i learned new things about them um it, it, it created my blam it, like <laughs> blam like already kind of existed but now it really exists mm-hmm. and i i i I know. I thought it was a hit everywhere. And I've been hearing more and more sentiment that the 2.0s are growing on people. So maybe they just grow on me faster, I guess. I think those people are wrong. But uh, it was, I, I, this was, I didn't think it came back with a bang. Like if I was not a fan, all I can say is like, it was just a fun episode to watch. Like they weren't trying too hard to make it heavy and they weren't trying too hard to make it messagey. They weren't trying too hard to play, uh, you know, New York and McKinley. Like to me, it was just, they came out and just had fun. There was just a lot of fun in this episode. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why, even though I did have some serious problems with certain aspects of it, it was just one that I went, hey, that was a kick, and there were some good jokes in it, and lots of like I know fun one offs and stuff. I, the 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 self aware humor, the yes. the witty the witty comebacks, like it was all to me. Like if this is what Glee always was, I would have no complaints because I don't ha- I have no complaints. Like yeah, there there might be some plot inconsistencies, but I didn't care. Because Glee, Glee, you have to take those liberties. You're like, because like, like to me, it took forever for Glee to figure out what it was, and now that it's season four, like it finally figured out this. This is what it is. It's just fun. If when it's not being heavy handed, it could be. It can make a point without like hammering it into us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about. And yay, Zaisis. Yay, Zaisis. Yeah, Zaisis was back. I saw Zaisis at the House of Pies in Silver Lake last week, uh, and she seemed very nice. Uh, <laughs> but you did? I did. I told you that I saw her at the House of Pies. Not at the Republic of Pie. No, not I at know. my place, but at the House the of Pies, pie which place. is like not my place. The problem with the House of Pies is it's a cafe slash pie place, and the pie was mediocre and the coffee wasn't good. What the heck? Yeah, that defeats the point. The only thing it had going for it is that it's in Silver Lake. <laughs> hey, in, back back in Purdue this. land, there was this place called Wings and something else. So me and Dita were like, Let's go get wings. So we went and got wings from there, and their wings were god awful terrible. God awful terrible. I'm like, is it the worst? It, it, like it's in the if it if it's yeah. in the name, it better be good. Oh, so yeah. we obviously never went back. Exactly. So you oh, had your chance. Two, two blocks from our place, we have the Republic of Pie, and the one thing I have to give it is they have great fucking pie. <laughs> like that's well, at least that's at least, at least they have good pie. Like exactly. At least, You'll go back for the pie. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going back to wings and stuff for wings yeah. or stuff <laughs> or stuff. Oh, and you know what else they have really good at the Republic of Pie? The creme brulee cupcake or cream puff. The creme brulee cream puff That's, was amazing. Yeah. yeah, for our like two uh, Hollywood or North yeah. Hollywood listeners, we actually have two North Hollywood listeners. Haley's like, I hey. totally know where that is. Uh, so, so um. Talking a little bit about Glee. So this episode did give us two ships, which we must now discuss. And I think everyone's favorite will be Blam. But the other one was Blatina. She named I herself. I like Blatina. I don't hate Blatina. Or <laughs> Blina. I don't know. Whatever. Blatina. I don't hate Blatina. 
It just but Tina is involved with Blam, so I like I'm like whatever. I can't. But at least Tina, go Tina. She's the ship. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, make change forever. I it, it's funny that poor Tina. Like even when Tina finally gets like real fun, honest, sweet plot lines, they're still about how she can't have what she wants. Like, she that girl cannot catch a break. I hope she's valedictorian she's and prom queen at the end her. of the season. Yes. <laughs> like. That, that's how season, like, because, you know, she, they're not going to let her go to season five, like, as no. a regular cast member. She's going to come back, and she's going to be, like, like super, super famous. She's like, I have the lead role in every single thing I do. <laughs> <laughs> and then but, she'll be a side character on Glee, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, she'll come back for, like, two episodes. No, she'll move to New York like everyone else. No, no, she moved to New York, she would actually be involved in things. She's going to be successful, and she'll come back and make appearances with her entourage. Awesome. Uh, so, Jennifer, uh, Blam, what did you, how cute were they? Oh, very cute. I mean, I thought it was really fun watching their friendship develop when they were, you know, running for presidency. And um, yeah, I thought it was really cute and fun. And I like that Sam has so much going on now. And I like that he's they're they're kind of giving him a little bit more brains. He's not, you know. Yeah. They they dumbed him down so much a couple weeks ago. But I like that he's you it's know he's kind of sharp Britney's and fun sake. again. I know. I. I know why, but it just I like I like this Sam. I like this kind of fun, sh- slightly sharp, but still a little goofy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he goes full Joey Tribbiani, he's not as entertaining mm. as when he's like you know more of just kind of like fun loving and and you know it, he just doesn't think about things very deeply. Like when he gets when he gets too stupid, it's not as interesting as when he's just a guy who's like so passionate he doesn't put all of put all of his thoughts together before they come out. Right. You and know? he just comes out like this big jumbled goofy mess, but it's yeah. so much fun. But, uh, and, and then Blaine and Tina is kind of a comedic couple to, to oh. seed on the show. I, it's funny how they're being forced to find uh, angles and relationships that we didn't really have to talk about before. Blatina though. I don't know, Ed, Blatina could be my least favorite ship name ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's possible. Um, I mean, they had they, they had uh, Santana who explored both heterosexual and homosexual relationships. So it was it was nice to see Blaine, like somewhat explore like heterosexual relationship. Like like I like I understand that like, people were like probably are super opposed to it, but I'm like I I wasn't opposed to it. No, I I wasn't either. And I do the thing that I really liked was he never, you know, when he turned her down, he never said you know like Tina, I'm gay. That no, was, no, he was, was, he was like, Tina, issue. I'm in love with someone else. Right. Yeah. And, and, it's true. and I liked that. And, you know, I like that they, you know, I mean, I don't think like my first thought was like, wow, we didn't we go through this with Mercedes and Kurt, you know, back in season one, but it didn't feel like that. The second time I watched it, it felt like just, you know, I mean, she just, she has a crush on a guy and. It's like, you know, she she knows it probably would never work anyhow because, you know, his past relationship with their good friend and all this stuff. But I like that, you know, he was just very honest with her and, you know, they're they're so sweet together and they clearly have so much fun together. I it was fun to see. Yeah, it was a good uh, it's a fun it's a fun dynamic to introduce, you know. Uh, Let's go ahead and take a listen to her song. She did get a solo in this episode. So let's go ahead and take a listen to that solo. This is I Don't Know How to Love Him from 
the new Mel C album. No, uh, it's from Jesus true. Christ that Superstar. Is true. Of course, it's from Jesus Christ Superstar, as well it should be. And uh, here's a bit of that on the Gleep podcast. How to move him? I've been changed. Yes, really changed. In these past few days, when I've seen myself, I seem like someone else. line come on now (laughs) you know tim rice was chuckling when he wrote and i've had so many men before in so many ways (laughs) tim rice was like like, like, as brothers as father figures that's not what she meant students like of course in many ways this is being sung by mary magdalene yeah no no no. that's in the show this is sung by mary magdalene talking about how she loves jesus and so what she's you know when the horror is saying i've had so many men in so many ways it's also that this was kind of a punk rock musical and like those types of lines were kind of unheard of when this show came out So while uh, we had this going on, we also had the continuing drama of Marley and Jake. Apparently Blake's out of the picture now. <laughs> totally. Or, well, I mean, Marley gone. decided. Yeah. But I don't remember her making a definitive decision. I just well, remember well, Blake I, being I don't know like if Johnny it's definitive, but it's like definitive for now. Like. <laughs> and then I thought that um, Jake told Blake he was going to back down. Yeah, but she asked him, so... That's what true. Is, yeah. what, was he, what is he supposed to say? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> You're not really allowed to say no in that situation. You kind of just have to be like, okay. <laughs> Unless, well, or, well, Blaine said no. Or you say, like, let's go to town! Like, you kind of just have to... Wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, I, th- I was thinking of something else. I'm sorry. I was totally on a different plot line. Um... <laughs> I see what we're talking about now. We're talking about in, her inviting him to, to say I was in a totally different plot line. Dirty, dirty mind, uh, huh? No. D- <sighs> we're just going to push through on this <laughs> one. Uh, so they're talking. So yes, she asked him to the Sadie Hawkins dance. Um, it's a... I don't like... I don't know. She she was good. I mean, I liked Mar- Marley's performances in this episode are what brought me around on her. Like I really liked her stuff on on uh, um, on on Tell Him, and I thought, and I really liked her on Locked at Heaven. Like I thought her performances were more interesting to me than her acting in this particular one. Um, I guess I just I'm trying to get more interested in her back and forth with Jake, but like season one Glee, 
and I only say this because we continue to say season four is the new season one. Season one Glee, they would have already been together. I mean, Rachel and Finn were, you know, quote unquote together in season two. And then Mm -hmm. it took them a season to get back together. But they were off doing other things. It's kind of like Marley's just in this holding pattern and Jake is in this holding pattern while they get just enough time in each episode to maintain this kind of plot line. This was the one aspect of the episode that I really did not care for and wanted more from. I just kind of want them to get together or not. And then we can... Glee's always been more interesting after the couple's together. Mm-hmm. And then we get to see what the couple's like together and do they fight and do they stay together and do they fall in love and do they have problems? That's always where Glee is more interesting. Watching them do this dance back and forth. I just don't find that to be all that fascinating television. Yeah, and Kitty even backed down really quickly so they they didn't have that obstacle to overcome anymore. So, I mean, like, she laid it all out there on the dance floor. So it sounds like, you know now they're in a relationship so like we shouldn't see this whole like preamble to the relationship anymore like Hmm. we now should be getting to that point that you want to see and ed is the 2.0s as the champion of the 2.0s what did you think of uh of how that came together i i mean see to me that storyline just like rushed by me i i was so in love with blam at that point (laughs) but but uh first like i'm i'm glad i'm glad i'm glad to see you because as you said you're, you make some good points, Josh, that at this point, Rachel and Finn were already together. Quinn was already, like... Pregnant. <laughs> getting, getting pregnant, for real. So, um, it's... That that they are kind of just maintaining this whole, like, are we together? Are we? Like, preamble. So, now, hopefully, hopefully, next stage, and I'm I'm more curious to hear what, you, what your thoughts on the regional uh or the sectional cheating is because i like i feel like oh. there's nothing to say about it because i feel like like whatever is to say about the two point or kitty i mean not kitty marley and 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 him mm-hmm. is and jake is 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 what's to come not what's happened well yeah i mean once we've kind of weighed in on that i mean there's definitely that the, so they are gonna find a way to get glee Back or get new Glee. directions. They are going to find a way to get new directions back into regionals. So re- they lose at sectionals, and this is how the show is going to get them to regionals. I have to admit, it kind of took me by surprise. I was actually kind of impressed that four seasons. The, in, it was actually it was actually legitimate. Yeah, <laughs> like a- I was impressed that four seasons in Glee still had the ability to surprise me. I didn't see this particular twist coming. I thought it was fun the way it was revealed. I love that it's being used as a vehicle to bring Blam together. And it's not just, you know, Finn doing it. Like Finn is actually being kind of the captain of the ship and saying we need more evidence and then forcing them to be more involved. I I thought that was a really cool development. And then to bring back the Warbler, who apparently all of their last name is Warbler now. Um... I, I was telling Jennifer, I don't know, like, do you think they left him out of the sectionals performance, that particular warbler? They left him out of the sectionals performance because they were planning the storyline, or was he just busy that day and they didn't want to pay for him? Uh, I, I, I thought this was a really cool development in how New Directions is going to get into regionals so that they'll have something to, to fight for. Jennifer, what did you think of the development? Yeah, I thought it was really clever, and um, it doesn't feel like as much of a cheat as I think we were at least I was bracing myself for because 
I mean, we we talked about it when they didn't win. We're like, okay, but they're going to find a way. They're going to find a loophole. There's going to be something, you know, it's like maybe, I don't know if we threw out like actual possibilities, but like, okay, it's like somebody on the Warblers gets sick and then there's only 11 of them. So then they can't compete. So of course they have to call up the new directions or something like that. Like, so it wasn't anything like really cheap and convenient like that. This was really, you know, a, a clever and oddly topical <laughs> way to do this. It's funny that they're going to try to make the Warblers <clears throat> the enemy. Like, it was a little bit of a struggle to make the Warblers the enemy before, where they just kind of pulled, they made Sebastian too nice too quick, and then they gave us Hunter, and nobody really cared. And now yeah. they're actually going to go all the way and try to make the Warblers the enemy. What did you think, Ed? You brought it up. What did you think of the development in the Warblers? I mean, I thought that, they, I think I said this last episode, that they were just going to be like, well, we are last year's national champions, therefore we're allowed to yeah. like bypass sectionals and regionals and just compete at the national level. Which I'm, like, I'm only going to say, while that storyline may sound stupid, it is a great storyline because it was used in Karate Kid Part 3. Go ahead, Ed. Well, it makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> like, like, it actually makes sense. Like, they should be allowed to defend their title. Um, but... So I mean I think I I, I believed it because like they're they've been always doing these well not just them I guess it's vocal adrenaline mainly before doing the somersaults yeah but <laughs> in my head in my head I'm like grouping them together like the somersaulting on stage and now it all makes sense and like you know how vocal adrenaline had the had the girl back in season one like vomiting outside of the of the show <laughs> choir room right. like like competitive uh, uh, competitive uh, like vocal groups are they're serious business clearly so yeah and apparently they you know to do that sort of dancing they need uh that type of uh help <laughs> <laughs> what no that's it what? Oh, okay sorry, sorry. I thought you had more <laughs> no i was suppressing a cough well i think it's a cool <laughs> plot line and i'm and i'm excited that it's better it's the it's the most clever way I think they could bring the Glee Club into regionals without just pulling up some cheat or somebody says like, oh, I was reading in the book and it says we get to pass right in. And how did we not see this before? I do love that apparently the Glee Club well, what was not What's nice, what's really nice about how they set it up was that we got to experience what like the 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 falling apart of Glee after like post- post losing like posted like it's over like tina blaine you are not going to win in your senior year like you're not even going to compete in your senior year like we got to see we got to see we got to live that fallout and now we we get our cake twice there you go and in, in a satisfying way so <laughs> i think uh, the one other thing to discuss about mckinley before we leave is um how incredibly skin crawlingly disgusting puck and kitty are um not only they're, I mean they're I mean like someone one year out of high school and a freshman is not so bad like that well she's a sophomore but let's no okay whoa, 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 whoa. let's let's just start listing the ways in which this is gross like for yeah no he's 19 and she's like can't drive 15 like that's weird two she it's statutory and they make a joke about how it's statutory i mean it's strange enough that finn is like cheating there but finn's not or coaching there but finn's not coaching there and banging marley like it's weird i can't it's 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 weird it's gross i got nothing 
And Buck's whole thing is like, I'm into the like experienced older woman, like the crazy women. I, I, it was just, they needed to find an excuse to put Mark Salling at the, at the high school on a regular basis. And this is the angle they want to play. I, I, I couldn't, oh, that one, skin crawling. Jennifer, anything? <laughs> no, I think you covered it. Okay. <laughs> But Ed, you disagree. I mean, you you didn't seem as annoyed you by don't the, think it's that bad. the situation. I mean, love knows no age, theoretically. It's still gross. I don't know. Like they're not in love. They're they're banging in the vaccine. <laughs> well, yeah, they're not even in love. Like that would be giving it their relationship too much credit. I mean, <laughs> Kitty's manipulative, and so is Puck. So I'm okay with it. Like, mm-hmm. like, ugh, I don't know. I mean, but okay, but, but um. <laughs> Uh, it's also the, not fair, like as a as a as, as a guy that was in high school and couldn't get a date because everyone was dating college guys. It's not fair. Well, yeah. when you were in college, you were dating all the high school girls. Yeah. No, I didn't because I uh, had stamped because I was you, not gross. You had your opportunity, Josh, because they blew it because they wouldn't you, date me then either. <laughs> you blew it. I blew it. I did. It's my fault. It's on me. Uh, actually, one more thing before we leave McKinley. Um, they were the worst dancers ever on the dance floor. They were so spastic. I wanted to punch Marley. She's <laughs> getting me anxious. It was so uncomfortable. Like, yeah, Marley was doing turns. And apparently she's really popular now because halfway through a conversation, she's like, oh, I have to go say hi to this person and runs off when we're supposed to think Marley has no friends. Um, But then, like, they even made a joke about Puck being a really bad dancer. And yet Kitty's across from him being an equally bad dancer. Yeah, it was it was very it was very odd to watch. Now, Ed, I need you to, uh, what is the song that's playing in the background while uh, Puck and Kitty were dancing? Did you, do you know what song that was? Uh, not off the top of my head. Do you know any lyric? I, I couldn't, I don't have... it just had a cool, if anybody in the chat room can, can identify it for me, the suck that's, the suck, the song that's playing in the background while Puck and Kitty are dancing. Uh, I, I totally was like, this is a good song. Like I, but I couldn't make any lyrics around. It was just kind of had a good swing to it. And I was like, I like this one, but I couldn't, couldn't figure it out what it was. Uh, but let's go ahead and take a listen to. Um, we listen to Scrubs before we listen, leave McKinley. We'll go ahead and take a listen to Locked Out of Heaven. Uh, this was performed by the girls, and of course, it's by Bruno Mars. Here is Locked Out of Heaven here on the Gleeful Podcast. chat room kate moore 13 just wrote the kids bop cover of this song did not help the obnoxiousness of it 
I hope they cut out the your sex takes me to paradise line. <laughs> why would you why do you hate that line? Well, if Kids Pop is covering it, I hope they cut it out. Yeah, it's <laughs> Oh, I thought I thought any. she was just mocking the Glee kids. <laughs> <laughs> So, Ed, as an aficionado of modern popular music, uh, what's your opinion of Locked Out of Heaven? I love it. I mean, it's what's crazy about Bruno Mars, especially with this song, it's, it's, it's Motown elements mixed with 90s synths, and it sounds modern. I'm like, what is this, this track <laughs> that I'm listening to that, that, that should have no business being in, in today's pop music scene, but it totally fits like he he like you totally could feel his old like because he used to be an elvis impersonator so it, like i like everything he does i feel like that sense of like style like carries through and so <laughs> and like so yes yeah, it feels like motown it uses 90 synths and it's modern i'm like what is this what well is it's this? it's called prince ed <laughs> It's like, that's essentially what Bruno Mars is, is he listened to every Prince record and he goes, I'm going to do that again and again and again. Uh, I do think the opening on this song is pure gold. Like the beginning before he goes into the verses is at like, it, like you could put anything over that and it'll sound amazing. Uh, I just think it's like three songs. I think you have the opening, then you have the verses and then you have the hook and they don't feel like one song to me. And Bruno Mars always falls over because he can't la- write lyrics to save his life. So whenever he writes his own me? lyrics, are his lyrics are over the top awesome. Oh. Like I, I he I've says, your sex takes Bruno me to paradise four times in a row. Like, I've, I've, had, I've had the Bruno Mars lyrics debate with other people before, okay. but to me, like his over the topness, like like I like it, like it takes me there. Like like yeah, they're <laughs> a little bit over the top, but I'm like I, I I'm on my knees ready to testify. Like. He takes me there. All right. Well, you know, after the show, I'll make you justify the lyrics to you and me making love like gorillas. Uh, but let's go ahead and move <laughs> over to New York. And we'll talk about uh, the, the crew in New York. And the first thing we're going to end up having to talk about in New York is, of course, is there the controversy. Class? What? What? There's more than dance class? Yes, apparently there's more than dance class. They have extracurriculars in New York. And apparently, like, school isn't so hard there that you want to join maybe two, maybe three clubs. Yeah. <laughs> apparently everyone, Gosh. apparently only... Especially when you're just starting out. Uh, only Rachel has to kill herself working hard. Everyone else has a ton of free time. Um, the, well, we, well, Rachel has Brody as her extracurricular. Seriously. Uh, we did I'm, get introduced to Adam. Extracurricular. We got introduced to Adam, the uh, the captain of Adam's apples, played by Oliver Kieran Jones, uh, which is being he's being toted as a future lover in search of Kurt Hummel. We'll see if that develops. He hasn't even said he's gay, but I think we're just supposed to assume because he's British. Uh, Jennifer, the appearance of Adam, Oliver Kieran Jones. What did you think of our newest cast member? I really like him. I think he's adorable. I think he's really sweet. I like his little. Uh, chorus club whatever they call that thing um i like him i'm i i find him more interesting than i do um the other one brody 
Brody. <laughs> the other one. <laughs> and Ed, uh, what did you think of Adam, our newest, uh, our newest character? See, pe- people hate on the Cadam because, like, because everyone's all about the claim. But what you don't, what what you don't see is the bigger picture. It's because <laughs> it's it's because it's because Cadam and Blam exist. That claim can one day exist forever. Like they can't be like you can't meet in high school. I mean you can, but it's you can't. But I did, I I don't know. I don't know if I could do it. If someone if I met someone in high school and they're like and forever and like that's it forever. No, they need they need their like in between people to to appreciate to appreciate what they had. Like, but it, so that, that doesn't mean they can't have like because Blaine was too perfect in too many ways. Besides near the end when they were trying to force them apart. So like Cadam, go Cadam. All right. Well, like, because, uh, but, but I mean, then maybe he could appreciate what he had when he had Clayne, and then he can go back to Clayne with like some life experience and some justification being like, you know, this relationship, despite whatever problems we had, was worth for trying to keep. I totally agree. I think that, you know, when people have to struggle back to one another, uh, that in television and, and in storytelling, that always makes their reunion that much more meaningful. And that's what uh, that's why it'll work. That's why it'll be fun. You know, there are people that think any threat upon their their ship is a uh, just because just because it's a threat doesn't mean you're going to go down like the Titanic. It just the ship, (laughs) the ship. It's about it's about the journey, not about the destination. Yeah. And and the other thing, too, it's like, you know, um, you know, Blaine was Kurt's first out relationship. I mean, he'd never been in. Uh, a relationship and that relationship had great purpose and great meaning and great significance and probably is strong enough for them once they've worked out their stuff to get back together but I'm excited to see Kurt now being a little bit more experienced I'm not just talking physically but just more experienced in relationships and and more confidence in himself and, and, and being in a new city and exploring this with somebody else. I'm really excited to see how that grows too. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, well, the, the biggest, the biggest controversy about this scene was actually about the baby's got baby got back cover. Um, the, uh, uh, it's a pretty straight lift from a version that Jonathan Colton did several years but ago. See what, can, what baffles me about this? Like, mm-hmm. Like anyone who studied music law knows that when you when you do a like when you do a cover like you like like you're not changing the original composition, so the the composition is still the same. And even if someone directly copies your cover, it like you still have no legal rights to it. Like I, it's very it's very baffling to think that there's a controversy when well, when clearly I don't like. Like American Idol does it. Your your version of a song isn't the song. What so, what what you're saying is you can't copyright an arrangement. You can't copyright an arrangement. Yeah. Like that's music law. Like that's I yeah. like like I've studied music law like on and off for years and I'm like baffled by this controversy. Well and, and to play devil's advocate with you, um the other development or what kind of makes this interesting is that Technically, Jonathan Colton added a tune to a song that didn't originally have a tune, and they're technically singing his tune. So in a way, they are actually, it's almost more than an arrangement. They're actually doing his tune. Um, What's interesting about it, though, uh, from your 
music law perspective, Ed, is that actually when Jonathan Colton released his version, he didn't release it as a sample. If he'd released it as a new version of the song and paid a kickback to um, to Sir Mix-a-Lot and released it as like Baby Got Back with the lyrics of Baby Got Back, then Glee would be on the hook to pay Jonathan Colton uh, a, a fee yeah, for but, doing but, a but cover, he, but he but didn't. But he, he released he it didn't. as a cover. He, if he so if he just made it a cover like if you made it as sampling you're right that's that's yeah. a complete then you're creating a new composition it's also interesting too because Jonathan Colton uh released all of his earlier music he hasn't re- he didn't do it with the new record but all of these thing a week songs he actually released under creative co- uh creative commons and so uh that there's a big dust up about so technically they didn't have to do anything even if it was a straight lift um so legally they're in the right and it's a fascinating it, it's it's interesting to hear people complain. I know people are really angry about this, and it is kind of strange. I mean, Glee does this all the time, right? They did it. Glee with does like, it. American Idol does it. They did it. With X Factor does it. Everyone, every s- voice does it. People do it. Yes, uh, they did it with the Kiki number a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, every time anyone does Mad World, they always do Gary Jules version. So and this is certainly not Kurt a new saying, thing. I want to hold your hand. Yeah, you know, it was I mean, that yeah, these arrangements aren't their own yes yeah but so the thing to remember too like as fans like what we have to remember mm-hmm. is like everybody is, is going to say you know yeah okay so legally they did it but ethically they should have given jonathan colton credit the problem is like when you have these massive people these massive legal structures supporting glee like you can't do things to be nice like it's just it, it, you just can't like legally it's 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 cleaner legally to not do it. I don't know why I'm really, I'm not really defending their actions. I'm just kind of saying like, this is why they do it. It's not like they're well, being I mean, the, dicks, the, the only case Johnson Colson has, the only case is if they actually sampled his work without permission. That, that, that is like, he's like, he's like trying to make, he, that's a case he's trying to argue right now is that they literally used some of his music in their, in their version of it. But I find that hard to believe. Glee has a bazillion musicians. I don't, I cannot imagine that they did that. Well, I'm sure they just recreated it note for note. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a, interesting. A, a and recreation so, is not using it. Yes, though. of course. Um, so it's, it's, it, it, but it's an interesting debate to have, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, he can say like, they should have given me credit and it was a dick move, but he's sold a, t- he's got a ton of credit for this. Like Jonathan Colton for like you know, a they, day they told, was more famous him, like, than he you ever should was. Just be thankful for your, like whatever publicity you get out of this, <laughs> which is what he should be thankful for. Um, and of course we have a personal because we, uh, that we've seen Jonathan Colton in concert twice and I've we're big fans of his. We did see him on the street in Seattle. We were stalking him in Seattle. We were kind of stalking we, we him in Seattle. We were going the same direction and I just tried to keep up with him. We're technically going to the same place. Well, but uh, yes, no, we're stalking. huge Jonathan Colton fans. Um, so it's a pretty, uh, it, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, nobody can say that we aren't, uh, that we don't even know, like, or we don't have love for for Joko. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, mean I, I love, I love like, a lot of his songs, like I'm Your Moon, he has good stuff. But like <gasps> the fact that he wedding. thinks he's somehow like in the legal right, it just confuses me. Did, did you know that we that uh, I'm Your Moon was performed at our wedding? Uh, no, I did not. By a 25-piece ceremony. Uh, yeah, during, during a 25, or by a 25-piece you know, acapella You know what's choir. funny? You know what's funny about that song? I was listening to an interview with Jonathan Colton like a year and a half ago. And he said... Uh, that's his, it's like his least favorite song he ever written. <laughs> really? 
Yeah, he said this. Like, uh, I really like that song, but a lot of people like it. He so. should be more embarrassed. Like, it just by goes to show pants. you that even if you think yeah. it's bad, other people might like it. He's written much worse oh, songs. Much worse. <laughs> Come well, on, the, that's what he said was his least favorite song that he wrote. <laughs> Uh, but uh, it's uh, so the He's the wrong. big thing to take away from the Jonathan Colton controversy that I think is kind of funny is um, at the end of the day, Glee, everyone does this a thousand times or every show, everybody does this type of stuff. But um, Jonathan Colton's fans are just really vocal. Like mm-hmm. he has very passionate fans and Gary Jules doesn't. And the choreographer of I had the, I had a key or let's have a Kiki music video doesn't. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it, he has a very nerd based following and they are a loud nurse based following. And, and well, here I mean, they are. If, you, if, if you're more, if you have a tech savvy following, that means they're probably social media savvy, which means <laughs> you can make a lot of social media noise. Yeah. I think I think is that where you're is that where you're going with that? Oh, totally, I... exactly. You know, and they and it and the story spread and it was pretty big. So, um, so yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to hear. I know he re-released the song, and uh, or his version of the song he re-released, and he um, he's donating uh, the proceeds to charity, and he's giving yes. the proceeds to charity, and he's and he's made raised a lot of money. So it's uh, the the drama. Well, and also I I joked that like it was pretty much gone the next day, like within twenty four hours, everyone was done talking about it. But I did want to thank listener. I'm looking her. Oh no, I'm not going to be able to find it. But I I chatted with a listener on on uh, Twitter about this, and now I can't find who they were um, because everybody is because uh, my my Twitter feed is filled with discussions from the chat room, but. If, if you were the person I discussed this with on Twitter, uh, I hope you're listening. Anyway, uh, so we can go ahead and take a listen to that, and then we'll actually talk about what Baby Got Back was in the episode, and then we'll listen to some voicemail, and then we'll get the heck out of here. Uh, here's Baby Got Back, as performed on Glee by Adam's Apples here on the Gleeful Podcast. I like big butts, and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. When a girl walks in with a nitty-bitty waist and a round thing in your face... You get sprung, you wanna pull up tough You notice that bubble stuffed Deep in the jeans she's wearing I'm hooked and I can't stop staring Ooh babe, I wanna get with ya And take your pretty picture My homeboys try to warn me But that butt you got makes me so horny Ooh rumple smooth skin You say you wanna get in my bends Well, use me me, cause you ain't that average groupie. I've seen them dancing to hell with romance, and cause she's sweat, wet, got it going like a turbo vet. I'm tired of magazines saying flat butts are the thing. Take the average black man and ask him that. She gotta pack much back. what did we think about uh this performance of baby got back and of course adam's apples in the hole jennifer i 
liked it. I mean, I'm very familiar with this arrangement, and I I think it's a lot of fun and and kind of sweet and funny. And I liked Adam's apples. I liked that they looked like what New Directions looked like in season one. You know, at least the first half of season one. And I know you think that they're almost aggressively too bizarre and, and too quirky, and uh, but I liked that. To me, I felt like it was almost, you know, Glee's way of saying, like, we get it. You know, the 2.0s are very, you know, milk toast and, you know, just very pretty and anonymous. But um, so they put together this kind of, you know, land of misfit toys or something. <laughs> I don't know. I thought they were really cute and fun. I hated this number. I know you I did. hated it top to bottom. I hated every single thing about it. Um, the, the problem I have is, yeah, like you said, I thought that this this particular Glee Club, like I thought the number was so stupid. I thought it was choreographed so lame. Uh, and I thought that the people in it were so aggressively weird and aggressively freaky in their movements and appearance that I couldn't believe they ever would have made it into Niata in the first place. <laughs> and it was just annoying. And that Adam seemed to be at the front of them, like so proud of his group. And I'm like, they're, they're like, they sing beautifully i love the kid from the sing-off he's awesome and apparently there's two star kids in there that the fangirls are going not oh four so great awesome but i don't give a crapula <laughs> like i thought the number was so dumb <laughs> and that the choreography on it was so dumb that it bummed me out a little bit because i love the, the i don't which which uh which group was he on the sing-off he was with um oh um the in season three. Yeah, they wore the... The, the green jackets. Yep. They wore green jackets Dartmouth. all the time. Dart- Dartmouth? Dartmouth was Dartmouth. Uh, yes. And yes, everyone in the in the chat room is freaking, about, about, freaking out about Joey Richter, Joey Richter and Tessa Netting. Um, so that's that's cool. Like I, I like that they tried to add some love to it, but I thought it was horrible. Ed, what did you... Uh, how'd you feel about um, the Baby Got Back number? I am so in shock. That's how you feel. Like, I literally thought it's going to be the exact opposite reaction. <laughs> that I was going to hate it and he'd love it. <laughs> because, because, like, because uh, Ryan, Ryan listens to the show and he's like, oh, Josh is complaining that Glee 2.0s are too generic. So here we are introducing a new show choir where everyone's so unique. I'm like... I was like, awesome. Like, Josh is going to. I was like, 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 Josh, they've listened. They've listened. Everyone's <laughs> like, uh, this is, that was, because I enjoyed it. I mean, they're a little, they're a little out there, but like, they've listened. I was like, oh, they're quite interesting. I, I like, I don't really, like, I didn't, I don't want the depth from Adam's apples at the moment. Mm-hmm. But if they give me a reason to want that depth, then I'll, then I'll take it. I just like that it's there as an, alternative that's all that there is a goofy that there is show choir there is a a, a, there's a show choir full of randoms that's you know (laughs) like like it's it it blows my mind josh you used to used to like you just were like they're too boring and now they're now they're too interesting i don't think they're too interesting though i mean i think that like the issue was like okay the number starts right at the very beginning like everybody's doing like the Oakland booty the first thing that they cut to is the um the the kind of like hairspray looking girl with the 80s 
uh, turquoise Flash top, tip. right? So right off, the, right off the top, I'm like, how did you even get into, into Niata? And then they go over to the girl with the striped shirt and the big bushy hair who's kind of singing in this weird facial, facial movement. Like, yeah, like, uh, you know, like she smelled something strange. And I'm just like, you guys are aggressively trying to look like characters out of a John Waters movie. And I love me some John Waters movie. Like when the kind of Amish looking kid with the long blonde hair is like doing a funky dance move across the stage i'm like yeah you'd be great in like you know the the the, in kingpin but i don't believe for a second that after niata has been established as like the most amazingly hard place to get into like kurt can't even get in there and then he does some stunning version by stroke of luck and the amazing vocal teacher who everyone's terrified of deigns on him the grace of joining her school and yet somehow this land of freakazoids also got in and they have enough time to plan a goofy dance number between all of these classes that is apparently making uh, Rachel go ragged. It just didn't work. I mean, I don't think we're ever going to get any depth out of Adam's apples besides Adam. So it's like, (laughs) they're just there. Yeah, they're background. It's just just reinforcing Rachel's, um, you know, belief that they're the lowest of the low in all the clubs in Niata. That's all. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree. <laughs> oh, they are. <laughs> they are. I'll give it that they're the wow. most. <laughs> hey, they could come back next week and be amazing. Like, they could come back and, you know, another director would be like, guys, let's bring it down a little bit. Like, like a little less, you know, a, a, a little less pink flamingos and a little more Aral Audacity. And well, everybody maybe, maybe goes, they're all okay. very normal people. That was just their characters for that song to... <laughs> to yeah. take it to that next level to get you talking about it look at you talking about it <laughs> and they I, i'm talking about it uh the only other thing to really discuss from new york is of course um uh is of course rachel and brody and since that See, was too stupid to even bring up let's listen to some voicemails uh <laughs> <laughs> but I, see, it didn't make sense. Okay, the Rachel Brody like complaining that he was late thing. I was just like, where is this coming from? That was so ridiculous. When and he's he said, like, I'm 45 minutes late. And I'm like, you should. You are freaking out, lady. He is 45 minutes late in New York and you live in the middle of freaking nowhere. Yeah. You should be happy he came at all. Yeah. I know. Like, that's what me and Dita were saying. Like, you should be glad he didn't blow you off. Right? He, Seriously. He came. <laughs> I mean, and, and seriously, her schedule cannot be that busy because she clearly spent two hours on hair and makeup, 15 minutes to prepare a dinner, and she sat there doing nothing for 45 minutes waiting for him. So come seriously. on. Open a book. Did she girl text, has she some text time him? on her hands. <laughs> yes. Well, he was in the subway and didn't have, didn't have a network. Well. Ugh, I could not. And, and yeah, so when he walked in, I'm like, oh, my God, he's been gone for four hours. She's going to be so pissed. He's like, yeah, I missed a train. It took me 45 minutes. I'm sorry. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Chill out. And then and her he, reaction is, or her response to the situation. Move in with me. Oh, let me so let me invite nice. you to move in with me when a we've just met and b I haven't even asked my roommate. And let's be they, honest, they, they haven't <laughs> just met. They've been known each other since yeah. September, since August, August, <laughs> August. Let's be honest. They should uh, uh, it, really. She should move in with him because I presumably he doesn't live in Bushwick. So yeah. no, he, he lives in the dorms. He lives in the dorms. Save her. She like she'd get to class so much kid. sooner. 
kidding. Well, let's listen to some voicemails. Here's a bit of uh, the old standbys. Hey, Josh Janet. So Glee's back, and finally, so are we. My overwhelming feeling is that this season, and especially this episode of Glee, has become my Dark Yet Rises, the best movie of the summer. Stick with me. After this episode, everyone was like, you're going to love this. It's the best of the season. And then I watched it, and I was wondering if I was watching it wrong. I mean, parts of it were okay at best, but parts of it made me really mad. I didn't watch it. I'm just, I'm just going to be honest. I read a very helpful recap, and I can formulate some opinions from there. One, <laughs> has Tina been living under a rock for the past two seasons? She was helping him and Kurt get together a few episodes ago. Yeah, I feel like the writers write specific plot lines for episodes rather than for the season or the series at large. It kind of came out of nowhere and didn't make a whole lot of sense. They explain it all in flashbacks rather than setting it up in past episodes where you know not doing it at all. You know what better plot lines would be? Maybe we could have dealt with Blaine's past experiences at Sadie Hawkins rather than explain it away in two lines. <laughs> or they could have had a unique plot in how she was going to deal with the school dance and being asked or if anyone was going to be open-minded enough to take her. That's a plot that actually seems interesting to me. And then I actually can't believe we're going through with this whole steroid plot. I thought a tie was bad enough in season two, but now we're doing this. And steroids make you bulky. They don't make you lighter than air to flip and do beautiful dance moves. I don't understand. <laughs> and here's the thing. Uterus was disqualified. They didn't come in second. So doesn't that mean that the Mennonites would move on to regionals? They had planned ahead. They would have put New Directions in second place. So this cop would actually work. I've never watched a show that had so many plot holes before. It just, it blows my mind. But you know what I'd actually rather see? A glee club without competition. What do they do then? And Ryan Murphy, just when I thought you couldn't pander to the Darren Chris fangirls anymore, you bring Darren Chris's best friend and fellow star kid Joey Richter onto the show. Not that we're complaining. We approve of the pandering this time. So watch it. <laughs> and Baby got back. Ugh. I understand the whole controversy around the song, and I'm not happy with how the Glee executives are handling it. Regardless, I hated this version. It was just... So that was Glee's triumphant return. Ooh, overall, I feel it needed more Matt Bomer. You didn't even watch it. Maybe if there was <laughs> Matt Bomer, I would have made time. Anyway, can't wait to hear your thoughts. Bye. <laughs> I don't think we've ever disagreed on every point with him. Before. Yeah, I know. That's that's a rare one. Oh. Uh, let's see what we, we... Oh, crap. I'm sorry. Sorry, guys. We don't have time for very many. Uh, here's one. Hi, Justin and Ed. This is Aaron, listener from New Milford, Connecticut. Um, I just wanted to call and talk about Sadie Hawkins, the winter premiere, I guess, of the fourth season. And um, overall, it was not a bad episode um, for the dance-themed episodes, um, but it did have some ridiculous plot problems, like the Tina and Blaine relationship, that I don't really even want to acknowledge that it's there, because maybe if I don't, it'll go away. Um, I really liked most of the music, and the revival of the McKinley High Boy Band was pretty much a highlight of the episode. And the only song I could not stand was the Honey Boo Boo rendition of Sir Mix-a-Lot's hit, Baby Got Back. I <laughs> don't really care about all the legal issues surrounding this cover, because the bottom line was that it's horrible. If you're going to steal music, make it good music. Um, but I guess I can't be too mad, because the episode did have some great parts, um, like Britney saying, the music usually starts when I say it's Britney Rich, or turn around. Um, which leads me to my five-word review, Too Young to be Bitter. Thanks. Bye, guys. Uh, there's a, some mention in the chat room about when <laughs> Rachel was crossing the street and how people thought she was going to get hit. I totally thought she was going to get hit. Oh, my God. We both we were both gasping at the same time. Like, I'm, 
I was like subconsciously clutching Josh's hand. I was like, oh my God, she's, she's about to get hit. pinned. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, let's see. We got uh, uh, here. This is a short one. Hey there, Josh and Ned. Luke from North Carolina calling back. Um, I called right after the sectionals episode to talk about how I thought it was impossible to flip and sing simultaneously. I'd just like to say that I called it. Thank you. Have a great day. There you go. So that's why they needed steroids. It's so they could flip and sing simultaneously. Uh, and uh, we'll do one more. Here's a here's listener Sam. Here, back at long last. Sorry, I haven't been around, but it's like my mom always says: if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Anyways, <clears throat> I really like this glee. I remember getting into. I'm pretty sure Tina Cohen Chang spoke for the entire Darren Chris fandom when she said, "Is there anything you can't do?" She was basically us fangirls, and I appreciated that. Puck and Kitty was borderline creepy. I mean, didn't Puck fail at least twice before his senior year? That puts him at about 20, and Kitty is at about 16, and that's just, well, I'm not going there. Marley and Jake Sterling were surprisingly sweet. I don't usually like them. The Baby Got Back performance was probably the most awkward thing I've ever seen, and I didn't care, because Darren's fellow Starkid actor, Joey Richter, was in it. Starkid, taking over Glee one member at a time. One last thing, though. Since only role at McKinley is coaching an after-school glee club, what is he doing in the teacher's lounge at lunch? Anyways, overall, I really liked the episode, and I can't wait to hear what you guys thought. Bye. Oh, sorry, I turned our mics down because Jennifer was coughing. Uh, sorry. <laughs> okay, we're back. Uh, well, that's about it. Ed, did we forget anything? No, it was... This was... Uh, I see... I'm I'm very confused about these reactions from the people... From... from listeners because like my reaction was like this this episode was awesome like like are my, are my standards so low like is this is this my life <laughs> uh no they were your your standards are not low i think people just you know some folks want um People want different things from each episode. I mean, to me, I, at one point I looked over to Jennifer and I said, you know why I like this episode? Because we've spent very little time in New York. <laughs> and uh, I think the show gets See, dumb when problem, it goes to the, New York. The problem with Glee, but not among, everybody feels among like. many other problems, is there there are so many characters and each character like connects with so many people that like, there's so many promises being made in a specific episode. I'm like... God, <laughs> I, it would be it would be difficult for anyone to juggle. So, <laughs> Sammy says you have Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> Am I kept prisoner by Glee and like? Oh, it's okay. Exactly. I love it. <laughs> well, um, let's go ahead and uh, uh, we're gonna go out on tell him. Did we play this one yet, Jennifer? We did not. Okay, no, we're gonna go not. out on tell him. Uh, I want to thank everybody who sent in voicemails <laughs> that we weren't able to get to. Uh, listener Haley, listener Christine, uh, listener Hazel, and Abby, and this person who I could not... I don't think you said your name, but you're in Georgia. So thank you very much for calling. I'm sorry we couldn't get to everybody. But we actually had a lot to talk about in this one, which is super fun. It's awesome to have a lot to talk about in the... Uh, um, when, when we're talking about Glee. If you'd like to weigh in on anything we said tonight, you can email us at gleefulpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can uh, um, 
You can find the find us on Twitter at Gleeful Podcast. I'm at Josh Brunell. She's at Jenny B Creative. He's at Edward Giordano on Facebook. Just search for Gleeful Podcast, and you can talk to the fans there. Uh, we usually record on Mondays. If you want to listen live, Mondays, 7 or 7.30, something like that. Follow us on Twitter for the updates. And go to the website. We still have a few, few T-shirts left if you want to get a T-shirt. I really like this number. I thought it was super fun. I, oh, I really like Marley when she's singing. I don't like her so much when she's acting or talking or looking like someone stole her cat. But I, she, when she's singing, I find her really entertaining. She should have just won the Glee Project. Jennifer was just giving me the Marley just Marley got her eyes. cat stolen eyes. Um, <laughs> for the Glee Podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed, I'm Josh. I'm Jen. I'm Ed. Have a nice night. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Show him what the world is made of One kiss will prove it If you want him to be Always by your side Take his hand tonight Swallow your foolish pride Tell him that you're never gonna leave him Tell him that you're always gonna love him Tell him, tell him, tell him, tell him right now Oh, you have to Tell him that you're never gonna leave him It was Katie213, who I discussed uh, Jonathan Colton with on Twitter, and I could not remember her name. So thank you very much uh, for that. Mm-hmm.